Thanks for joining this episode of the Roar Podcast. My name is Joel. My name is Terrell. And today we have a very special guest with us. Miss Mandy Ramos. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, thank you. So you have been in higher education for almost 10 years. Yes. And been in financial aid for six of those years. Correct. Previously at South Florida State. Yes. Correct. Yes. Awesome. So, um... Just to dive in a little bit about you, um, how did you end up at Warner? Well, I was just actually in between jobs from my last job to this job, um, some administrative changes and lots of different things going on, and it just wasn't a good fit for me Mm -hmm. personally anymore. And I feel like financial aid was my calling at the moment, and um the doors just opened at Warner. I'm right down the road about 30 minutes. Cool. And not too far from it just, yeah. no. So it just kind of worked out. And that's how I ended up here. Good. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. That is really cool. So, kind of diving into the, the topic of discussion on this episode, we're kind of talk about the financial aid side of things in FAFSA. I'm so glad we have people like you that help students <laughs> navigate it. Cause I remember when I was my freshman year of college, I had no idea what I was doing when it came to FAFSA. And so today we're going to kind of dive into what that looks like and help our listeners kind of better understand and navigate the concept of FAFSA, financial aid, loans, and all that good stuff, because obviously that's a very important part of of college and the financial sides of things. So yes. what are some common mistakes that you see families making when it comes to FAFSA? And even before you kind of dive into that specific topic, do you mind kind of explaining what FAFSA is for maybe a first-time listener who sure. doesn't know the term? Um, so basically, FAFSA is the federal application for student financial aid. Mm. Um, so many scholarships, loans, whatnot, they depend on you completing the FAFSA because that's how they determine what you're eligible for. Mm. So it's kind of like your application to get any funding is kind of how I, how I look at it. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That is a good way to put it. So circling back to the question, then there's obviously a lot of components that go into your FAFSA Mm -hmm. when you submit it, but what are some common mistakes that you see? I mean, I'm used to, I'm sure you see a whole, the whole gamut from your perspective, but what are some common ones that you see families making that you could maybe even from the get go, for example, when you're just starting a FAFSA note to look at and make sure you fill out correctly. So you don't run into any Mm -hmm. issues. So probably, um, the more common mistake is incorrect family members. Mm. Um, maybe you are a multifamily home that Mm. you have got older siblings that live in the home, but maybe they're working. Maybe you have grandparents that are living with you. I mean, the world we're living in today, that's more common, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but basically the FAFSA is just looking at who do your parents support? Mm. So it's going to be the parents and the student and Mm. any siblings. Now, if they have custody of cousins or maybe they're fully financially um, providing for um, an aunt or whatever, but Mm. you know, that would just be a little bit down the road with some more information, but probably incorrect family members, um, incorrect income. Mm. Maybe Mm -hmm. parents got married after taxes were done. Mm. They don't know to include both parents that are living in the home. Um, and using the data retrieval tool. Like gotcha, we are okay. so big on using the data retrieval tool because it just cuts down on so much for the guesswork. Mm. Yeah, mm. definitely. I didn't even know that was a feature. That's good to know. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that saves a bunch of time for everybody involved. And the data retrieval tool actually takes, just in case, um, it takes yeah. <laughs> um, your actual tax return that you filed for the year that the FAFSA oh, is looking okay. for, and it automatically imports That's all awesome. the data. So That's you awesome. don't have yeah. to subtract from this line and add to this line. You don't have to do any of that. It does it for you. Oh, very nice. Yeah. That's a nice tool. Definitely. 
Um, so kind of going forward, um, you know, well, obviously, you know, um, but logging into the FAFSA and um, knowing that information, how important is that? Can you um, just emphasize on that a little bit for our listeners and for our freshmen that <laughs> like with their federal student ID? Yes. So basically, it's like your ticket to get into a concert. You mm-hmm. have to have that FSA ID. Mm. Um, that is going to be your ticket to do your FAFSA. It's going to be a ticket to do your loans. It's going to be a ticket to keep track of your loans, mm-hmm. to do any counseling that are needed for your loans. Um, the, I mean, it, that's how I look at it. It's your ticket to get into that concert. You yeah. have to have it. Mm, it's yeah. essential. Yes. <laughs> so question that I get a lot or asked of me a lot is, hey, I completed my FAFSA. I think it's done. Yeah. But we we go look for it. We do some digging. It's like, hey, it's not done. So yeah. what? As a student, they've done all the information. They've inputted all the tax information. They've inputted all the personal information that it's asking for. What should they be looking for from FAFSA? This is, hey, you've completed it. Mm-hmm. Not only have you completed it, but the school that you're interested in has also accepted it. What should they be looking for at that point? So um, the federal government sends out emails to the emails that are listed on the FAFSA. So if you don't have access to that email, it's ideal to make sure that it is up to date. Mm-hmm. So they are going to send you an email that states, hey, we got your FAFSA. We're going to work on it about 24 to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. You should hear something back from us. Then they're going to get another email that says, hey, your FAFSA was successfully processed. Here's what you need to do. It's going to mm-hmm. tell you if there's going to be additional documents that are needed, um, if they were selected for verification, all in that email. Mm-hmm. It also is going to go to the parents' email also. Um, now, if they don't add us as a school, it's not going to tell them on that email what schools are actually added. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they would actually have to go back into their FAFSA, make a correction to their FAFSA to add the specific school that they're wanting to see. Gotcha. Okay. So that, that's super important. And since we already kind of touched on it just now, we're going to talk about it later. But can you kind of describe what verification is? I know students like, for example, when they get all of their stuff done <laughs> and it seems like they've done everything right, yes. they still get flagged for verification. Yeah, so it, you might ex- explain that a little bit is so annoying i mean it truly is (laughs) and they put a number that each school is only going to get select like 30 percent of their student population is going to get selected yeah that's that's definitely not Not accurate but um so basically verification is the government saying hey warner this student something something just doesn't quite seem right to us Mm. we need to we need you to get some more information from them Mm. um maybe checking household size maybe they listed 12 people in the home stuff like that's going to be like a flag um maybe maybe they put adjusted gross income and the taxes as the same amount okay well we need to fix that Mm -hmm. so it's basically the government's way of saying hey warner check that student's fafsa to these required documents, have them submit it, make any changes. If mm. it's accurate, there's nothing else that you mm. need to do. Gotcha. So I, I think it's for those listeners. When I was a student, I, I actually got verified and I thought it was Warner like nagging me for additional documentation. We got to understand there's some things in regards to FAFSA that always in, 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 in the institution's hands. So being patient and being alert and paying attention to your email is huge when it comes yes. to walking through those yes. financial aid steps, because that is probably the easiest way to communicate and send documents. So for mm-hmm. students who are getting ready to put emails down on their FAFSA, putting emails down for applications, Make sure it's one that you're checking and checking yes. very regularly. Yes. That is important for everybody involved. 100%. Yeah, there are a lot of high school students that actually put their high school email mm. on their FAFSA, 
once you graduate, you don't have it. access right. to that email <laughs> yeah, anymore. <that's> right. <laughs> so if we're sending stuff to that email, you're never going to get it. That's right. That's so, such an important point. Yes, it is. It's so important. <laughs> so um, kind of rewinding a little bit when um, we're talking, when you were talking about like a, um, a family that the texture that they're asking for the next year they got married. So they have a new mm-hmm. adjusted income. What does um, that process look like for students in special 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 circumstances like that um so basically you want to be in touch with the school that you're planning to attend because they're going to be the ones that are going to be able to better guide you on what is needed because every school could ask for something different Mm -hmm. the government doesn't tell us hey this is what you have to ask for this is what you should ask for so some schools may be a lot stricter. Some schools may be more on the lenient side, but but just be in contact with your financial aid department. They're going to ask you specific questions. What are you trying to accomplish with these questions? Mm-hmm. And that's where we would say, okay, based on what you're telling me, this is what I think that you should do. Mm-hmm. Provide this to us. Make sure you get it to us in a timely manner so we can let you know if it does make any changes to your mm-hmm. FAFSA or not. Yeah, definitely. So as we kind of shift gears from FAFSA, and now kind of look at financial aid as a whole. So I know that just to make sure that students understand that financial aid packages are kind of contingent upon the receival and the arrival, not receival, that's, I don't think that's a word, the arrival <laughs> of a FAFSA. Um, so could you kind of describe kind of financial aid package, the concept of financial aid and how that ties into FAFSA and how those two are kind of conjoined and are super important in the regards to those two kind of topics. So like when they apply to the school, like what's the, okay. So um, you're going to apply to the school and admissions is going to require certain documents from you before they officially accept you to the school. Mm -hmm. Once we get notification that you've been officially accepted, we're going to look for a FAFSA. Mm. Um, A new student, we wouldn't necessarily send them an email stating they're not, they don't have a FAFSA, but if they reach out to us and say, Hey, I don't have a FAFSA. What do I need to do? We can point them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes students don't want to use a FAFSA Mm -hmm. and that's fine. But if we don't know, you know, then we don't, we don't know to push them forward to the next step. But basically it's like we get notification from admissions. We check for FAFSA. If we have a FAFSA within a few days, we're supposed to send out a package. Mm -hmm. So the package is going to consist of your cost worksheet, your award letter, any financial documents that are needed Mm. to successfully process your financial aid for the next year. Mm. Cool. So, so that financial aid package obviously is important for students kind of when it comes to making the decisions. Um, So again, reiterating the fact that email is so important students for those of you who are listening, who are getting ready for maybe your first semester here at Warner and you have they're like, hey, where's where's my financial aid package? Where Where is the important documentation that I need to review to make sure I can financially afford to come to an institution like Warner? Yes. Email, reach out. Please mm-hmm. don't hesitate to reach out to your admissions office, financial aid office, because obviously we understand that money is important and we're going to do our very best to serve you the best we can. Um, but kind of diving into different cons, not concepts, different subjects lines on the financial aid package what is an efc and how does that affect your need-based aid um, for for those students who may have questions regarding what that what that is sure um i know we we just determine it as an efc but if a student doesn't know it's basically it's called the estimated family contribution Mm. it's the government's way of looking at how many people in your home what income you have and saying okay based on this this is how much you can pay towards your student's tuition Mm. They don't look at bills. They don't look at expenses. 
And, and that's so hard because there's so many parents who are like, but I don't have that kind of money. And we understand. And I wish, you know, there was a better way that we could put mm, it, but, yeah. um, they just, they're saying this is how much you can contribute to your student's tuition. And that's how it affects their aid because that estimated family contribution, of course, the lower that it is, the more financial aid they're able to get. The higher mm. it is, the less you're able to get. And sometimes you're only able to get loans. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And, and that can be uh, very tricky for families, but oh, that yes. is why it's so important to stay in communication so that, um, you're not left in the dark or surprised or surprised. Exactly. Um, And we do try to, um, especially our athletes, even if their package isn't quite ready yet, we do provide the athletic coaches an, a preliminary cost worksheet Mm. so that the coach can reach out to that student ahead of the financial aid Mm. package. Yes. Which is really nice. So you kind of prepared what's coming down the road. Yes. So definitely. That's very nice. Um, so kind of going into, um, other aid that students can possibly receive. Um, can you kind of dive into um, Bright Futures and how um, they are awarded differently in public versus private universities? Yeah. So essentially, whenever a student is applying for Bright Futures, they look at it as I'm getting the 100% tuition coverage, 75% tuition coverage, which is accurate if you're going to a state school because that is what Bright Futures amounts are based upon. Mm -hmm. But if you're planning to attend a private university, you first need to make sure that 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 university uh, accepts the Bright Futures. And it's based on per credit at a private university. Mm -hmm. So um, the higher right now, the higher of the Bright Futures, they get a $211 per credit, Mm -hmm. which is definitely Mm -hmm. not 100% of our tuition. Correct. And Mm then... um, the second tier is $158 per credit. Mm. So, which is not the 75% that you would get at a state school. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good to understand for sure. Yeah. So, I know for some students, they don't understand when it comes to the private sector and the public school system, it's a, it's a little different. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad, I'm glad we brought that up because I know that's a, a common question for students who are, are yeah. potentially looking at our private school and a, a public school. It's good to know the, yes. the differences going into it. Cause I'll have parents call me like, Oh, my student qualifies for the hundred percent. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Yes, at a state school, that's accurate, but <laughs> yeah. here it's not. A little and different. like, what? And they don't realize that there is a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, I'm glad we touched on that then. Yes. Super sure. important. Uh, um, go, ahead. go ahead. After no. you, sir. Well, you, you started. <laughs> well, I was going to segue into kind of the, the Florida prepaid and kind of how that applies, again, in comparison to a private institution, to a public institution. What would that look like in, so, a, in a setting like that? Florida prepaid is very similar to Bright Futures. Okay. Florida prepaid was set up for state colleges. So when you initially go into um, applying for your Florida prepaid and setting up your account, Mm. it's based on state college tuition. You can transfer it over to the university level and it will transfer over as a lump sum. And then we will get a notification from Florida prepaid that says, based on what this student's parents set up, this is how much per credit they're able to get. Mm-hmm. Or if they set up for a dormitory plan, things like that. There's there's quite a few different, different plans. plans for okay, prepaid. gotcha. Yeah. So it could be almost unique to the student situation. Oh, yes, definitely. Because okay. some gotcha. just have a savings plan where this, the parent just monthly will put money into it. And some it's like a two plus two plan. I some see. it's a two okay. plus two plus fees. Some is two plus two plus fees plus dorm. So there's a lot of different options mm-hmm. out there. Gotcha. Definitely. Um, 
kind of talking about other um, aid. Uh, this isn't on our questions, <laughs> but um, just kind of getting into um, the ease grant and um, good point. Just how different states, um, what they have available for the student, depending on what state they go into. Correct. For Florida, it's being the ease, the ease. Grant, yeah. yeah. So the ease grant is available to all Florida residents as long as they have at least a year. Um, residency in the state of Florida. So it doesn't matter if you complete a FAFSA or what your estimated family contribution is. As long as you live in the state of Florida, you provide us that documentation, you're going to get the EASE grant. There are criteria to continue getting the EASE grant. Mm -hmm. You have to be complete at least 24 credits in the year that you received it and with a 2.0. So if you fall below either one of those, then you're not going to get it for the next year. You do good that year, you could get it back, gotcha. but you have to sit out for a year and do the 24 credits, get your GPA back up gotcha. to continue receiving That's good it. to know because yeah. students can think, hey, this is just free money that I'm getting for mm-hmm. being a Florida resident, but you have to, you have to earn it. Yeah, it's something definitely. you got to definitely maintain when you come yeah. in to the college setting, for sure. Yes. That's good to know because I know for some some students, just look at it as a free, yeah. free mm-hmm. lump of change going towards their, yeah. their credit line. So mm-hmm. yeah. Potentially. Yeah. If they're a good student, then yeah. it's not something you might have to worry about. Right. Yeah. But no. Some students don't realize the consequences of withdrawing a class mm. or mm-hmm. um, not completing a class with point. a D or higher. And they're just like, oh, we didn't we didn't know. Well, it's it's on the application. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not something you're supposed to just sign. You're supposed to yeah, read actually, it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Read through your financial yes. Aid yes. and paperwork. 100%. Awesome. Well, are there any other pointers that you would have potentially for a, a freshman? Let's say, for example, a first-generation college student who a lot of this is completely foreign. Um, what is some advice that you'd give them as a whole? I know it's a lot of a lot of stuff they got to look at, a lot of stuff they got to read. Um, what would probably be the biggest piece of advice that you would you'd give to an incoming freshman? Um, I would just say ask questions. Mm. Do not be afraid to ask questions mm. because I will get so many students calling me and they are apologizing for asking a question. That is what we're here for. Mm. We are mm. supposed to be here to help you. Yes. So don't be afraid. No question is dumb. Mm. No question's too big. No question's too small. If mm. we don't know, we can find the answer for you That's or right. we can direct you where you need right. to go. Yes. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Send an email. I get emails all the time from mm-hmm. students. And if they had my text, they probably would get <laughs> <Yeah. text. laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I do have one last thing. I know that I have received this question actually today. Um, <laughs> it's fresh. Um, can you explain the difference between the subsidized and unsubsidized loans? Oh, yes, and- yes, that's a good. Good point. All right. So basically, you have to have need in the cost analysis of the budget for the school based on your estimated family contribution to get mm. a subsidized loan. Subsidized loan is basically the government is paying your interest rate on your loan while you're in school. Okay. Okay. Unsubsidized loan are for the students that have the higher estimated family contribution. You're not going to get any interest rate paid while you're in school. You're mm. going to be accruing interest from the moment that you take Start. out that loan. Gotcha. Okay. Um, now, it, I always suggest... Even if it's $10, pay on your loan because mm-hmm. that's just cutting down that interest rate at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, that's, that's truly the only difference in the two. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Well, 
And I know we covered a ton of topics today. So if any of our listeners have any questions about financial aid, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'd be more than happy both in the admissions and financial aid office. We'd be more than happy to address those questions. Or if there's a topic that we covered that you'd like to learn more on how that would affect you and apply to you as a potential Warner student, please don't hesitate to reach out again. We're here to help and here, here to serve you. Yep. Perfect. Well, Miss Miss Mandy, thank you so much for all your yeah, help no and problem. input today. It's that time, isn't it, Terrell? It sure enough is. I'll let that you time take it away then. All right. Um, have you seen Shrek three? She's no. never seen Shrek three. <laughs> <laughs> She's in for a surprise. So there's a scene in Shrek three where he's um helping at this party and there's this little kid short little fat kid with a big lollipop and a bob <laughs> right <laughs> and um he keeps asking shrek do the roar <laughs> she knows where it's going <laughs> so you gotta do the roar I have to you do have to part of the roar podcast. It's, a, it's it is a rite of passage. Rite of passage. You can't leave. That goes on. We can't end this episode until you do the roar. So here we go. Your best roar. Roar! Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. Honestly, that's pretty good. We've had some. We've had some bad roars on this podcast I guess before. Maybe that comes from having four boys. That, that, yeah. that'll do it. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining us today. Uh, yes, for our no listeners, problem. please subscribe. Find us where you can stream podcast, Spotify, Apple Music. We look forward to hearing and seeing from you guys soon. Mm-hmm. Peace out.